The service of prayer and preaching for Populous Zion, the second Sunday in Advent, December 5th, 2021. The opening hymn is LSB 336, Lo, He Comes with Clouds Descending. With what 
prayer and preaching on page 260 using the advent versicles this is the day which the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it from the rising of the sun to its setting the name of the lord is to be praised out of zion the perfection of beauty god shines forth our god shall come he does not keep silence prepare the way of the lord make his paths straight shower O heavens from above and let the skies rain down righteousness. Let the earth open, that salvation may sprout forth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, Proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory 
to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. my strength and my son, and he has become my salvation. A reading from Malachi, the fourth chapter. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts, remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and just decrees that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue then with the introit for this day. Uh, verses from Psalm 80. The Antiphon coming from Isaiah chapter 62 and Isaiah chapter 30. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. The Lord will cause his majestic voice to be heard, and you shall have gladness of heart. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Turn again, O God of hosts, Look down from heaven and see, but let your hand be on the man of your right hand, the Son of Man, whom you have made strong for yourself. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. The Lord will cause his majestic voice to be heard, and you shall have gladness of heart. A reading from Romans, the 15th chapter. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Jesus Christ, 
that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In a reading from Luke, the 21st chapter, Jesus said, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all of these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with the Advent Responsory on page 263. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. He shall reign as king and deal wisely. He shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As I read through the gospel text from Luke today, it's hard not to think about Jesus' words. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. As Jesus talks about the end of the world, he uses the illustration of birth. Every parent knows that pain. Mothers know it firsthand, of course. And fathers have to suffer by watching on the sidelines, being in panic and not being able to help. Even those who have not been blessed with the gift of children can empathize. When the birth pains start and labor grinds on, the pain intensifies exponentially, causing some to rely on modern medicine to dull the pain, and others resort to screaming at their loving husband, You did this to me. What does birth pains have to do with our text for today? Our text from Luke is in a large section of Jesus' teaching on the end times. Portions of this teaching are also found in Matthew. When you put these longer sermons of Jesus together, you get quite the picture and great words of comfort and admonition. As Jesus prepares for his crucifixion, he is preparing his disciples for their own deaths. He informs them that all they need to be safe from the wrath that is to be revealed. In order to prepare them for the birth pains, he gives them an eschatological Lamaze class. That is, he teaches them what to focus on as the end time approaches, as well as giving them exercises to engage in during these labor pains. In this class, Jesus gives five words. Now, this is not just simply five small words. No, this is words in the Hebrew sense. For example, in English, we say the Ten Commandments, but the literal speaking of the Hebrew language says the ten words. That's the ten phrases or sentences. They're commands, teachings, that with just a few words, one can peel back layers and layers of God's uh, precious word. It's a collective noun, like the royal we, or word to your mother. Jesus first says, straighten up and raise your heads. The weight of sin and sorrow causes man to stoop low. The posture of the downtrodden, the hopeless, and the time-weathering of sin causes man to crouch and bend down. This is not the kind of bending Jesus talks about here. The bending here is in fear. At the great and awesome day of the Lord, as the labor pains intensify, there will be earthquakes, the sea and the waves will roar, the sun and moon will lose their light, the stars will fall from heaven, the air will be full of poison and pestilence, unprecedented and unusual disease will appear, water and fire will devastate the land and people, there will be a great storms of thunder, lightning, rain and wind, 
There will be war, bloodshed, rioting, rebellion, and men will devote themselves to excess eating, excess drinking, and everything that pertains to their temporal earthly joy and pleasure. They will care most deeply for luxury and their own livelihood, just as an animal caught in a snare. The animal seeks to fill its belly, and in an instant is caught in peril. The unbeliever, when they see the signs and wonders of the end of the age, will cower in fear. They will, like Adam, attempt to hide from God. As these labor pains worsen, we see this all too often, do we not? A man struck down at a young age, while they had so much life yet to live. A woman taken by an illness at an age too young for her short life. A disease that doctors have no idea what yet to do to cure, so they fall to merely treating the symptoms. The unbeliever will tremble and shrink at the judgment of God, as they will see an angry judge above them, the jaws of hell beneath them, their own sins to their right, the accuser on their left, and their evil conscience within them. What is different then for the believer? The brokenness of the world and the body still is true for them. The temptations to serve the self over everyone else still remains. So what is different? As these things happen in the heavens and the earth, Jesus exhorts to straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. For the believer, the end of the world is not a reason for fear. Rather, it is a reason to stand tall and to look up to the heavens. The believer looks not to themselves, they look to the Eternal One, with whom eternal life is given and lived for eternity. Second, Jesus says, look and know. Look at the fig tree. When you see things happening, you know exactly what's going on. When you see the leaves of the fig tree coming out, you know that summer is already near. In the same way, look at the signs. See what is happening. Look with the eyes of faith and know what God is doing. You see the end times upon you. You know it's God who is working for your good. You have heard what the pains are like. You know what to expect. Do not be surprised when labor starts. Instead, be informed. See what God's word declares is happening. You are prepared. As you look, as you know, cling ever tightly to the third word of Jesus, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. All of creation will come to an end. The time is set and known only by God. There is one thing that is everlasting, one thing that will not pass away, one thing that endures forever and ever, the word of God. How blessed are we as children to be washed in that word. The Word, who became flesh, lived the perfect obedience in our place, suffered and died for us. That Word could not be silenced. He rose victoriously on the third day, and He is preached to the ends of the earth. This enduring Word joins you to Himself, as He joins His Word to simple water. Through this holy and sacred act, you are given everlasting life. You are bestowed with love and grace abounding. You are declared an eternal heir of all the spiritual blessings Christ has won for you. You are reconciled with God the Father, and you suffer not the wrath of God, rather you suffer his mercy, love, and grace. How wonderful is this word who continues to speak to us even now, his children. We fall away, we run away, we turn to other means of self-satisfaction, we flee to instant gratification, and God in his long-suffering sends suffering and turmoil. He sends various testing of our faith, reminders that we are poor, miserable sinners who need to rely solely on his grace. 
Inevitably, the questions always come to the depth and the specifics of our brokenness and struggles of body, soul, possessions, and reputations. As the pain intensifies and the labor increases, do we not turn into stereotypical television pregnant ladies? You did this to me. It's here, precisely here, as his beloved bride, as his infant children, where it is vitally important that we hear his voice. We hear his word. We remember that we have received that word in baptism. We hear and receive the creative word that gives what it says. Then, brothers and sisters, fellow children of the Most High God, this enduring, everlasting word is joined to bread and wine for you. The only begotten Son of God, our brother, has been through every struggle of body and soul, possessions and reputation. He bore the punishment and the eternal brokenness for them to the cross. It was not for his sins he died. It was not for his brokenness that he suffered. He had every right to look upon the cross at each of us and say, You did this to me. Yet he didn't. He silently bore the accusations and the blows, the mocking and the nails. He did cry from the cross, but he cried for you. He was forsaken by God, so you never are. He cried the payment, for sin is finished. He cried for your forgiveness, because like infants, you don't know what you're doing. He cried that you be given to your mother. He cried that here through blood and water you receive his victory won on the cross. He cried in thirst to drink the cup of God's wrath so that you will only drink the cup of the new covenant. His blood poured for you here through this chalice. These loving cries awake us to the fourth word of our text. Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. The church as a loving mother must constantly be on guard for her children. As a loved bride must be ever vigilant against the temptation to not be solely concerned with the filling of temporal fleeting happiness. We are to avoid the very things that can cloud our awareness of his return. We are to beware, to always keep watch, so we do not fall into the trap. While we fill our bellies, our minds, our hearts, our desires, beware that they are not a snare, designed to keep us in its very clutches and away from the tasks of God. <clears throat> this leads us to the final word of Jesus in our text. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. Watching and being awake means having a fervent, burning, living and active faith. It is active in love. It keeps its eyes on God. It keeps its ears in his word. It keeps its mouths, its mouths uh, ever in his body and blood. It keeps its hands and feet simply outpouring in holy, loving works. Second Corinthians reminds we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive according as he has done in the life of the body, be it good or evil. Yes, faith is an invisible thing. So God will judge the heart by what we can see and touch, namely man's good works, good or evil. Now, hold on a minute, Pastor. I can hear you asking. Am I to understand that God will judge by works? Well, <laughs> yes, kind of. It is according to his own decree in Matthew 25. When the king separates the sheep and the goats, he will look at what they've done to the least of their brothers. But pastor, why does he want to hold a trial? Doesn't he already know ahead of time where we're going? 
Yes, but as the just judge, he does not wish to render judgment in secret or privately. Rather, he judges publicly before the world, angels and demons, either to save or to condemn men by their own works as a testimony to their faith or lack thereof. On that last day, he will not ask, are you Christian? He will ask, if you're a Christian, point to your Christian works by which you have proven your faith. Have you fed the hungry, given drink to the thirsty, clothed the naked, housed the poor, comforted the afflicted, and visited the sick and captives? Or have you kept these precious gifts I gave you only to serve yourself? But pastor, <laughs> I can hear you ask, does Christ take all that much pleasure in such works? Yes. In Matthew, he says, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. Hear me correctly here, brothers and sisters in Christ. Your works do not save you. Your works show that you are saved. Saved in baptism, strengthened in absolution and preaching, and fed by the body and blood of our Lord in holy communion, sets the tone and tenor for our week. It's the structure that governs our lives. As we gather to watch, hear, listen, and receive, we are filled with his grace. We receive his life and proclaim his death until he comes. Here we come and receive the epidural that not only dulls the pain for a time, but removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Here we turn to our heavenly bridegroom and in exuberant joy exclaim, You did this to me. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We sing hymn TLH 607, Day of Wrath, O Day of Mourning. Oh, it's just... 
judge in answer making. Lo, the book exactly worded, wherein all hath been recorded. When shall judgment be and each hidden deed arranged. Nothing unavenged remaineth. What shall I, frail man, be pleading? for me be interceding when the just are mercy needing king of majesty tremendous who dost free salvation send us fount of pity then befriend us think good Jesus my salvation caused thy wondrous incarnation. Leave me not to reprobation. Faint and weary thou hast sought me on the cross of suffering bought me. Shall such grace be vainly brought me? Righteous judge for sin's pollution, Grant thy gift of absolution. Ere that day of retribution, Guilty now I pour my mourning, All my shame with Suppliant groaning from that sinful woman shriven from the dying forgiven. Thou to me a hope hast given.
Worthless are my prayers and sighing, yet, good Lord, in grace complying, rescue me from fires undying. With thy favored sheep, O place me, nor among the goats abase me, but to thy right hand upraise me. While the wicked are confounded, doomed to flames of woe unbounded, call me with thy saints surrounded. Lo, I kneel with hearts of mission, see like ashes my contrition. Help me in my last condition. Day of sorrow, day of weeping, when in dust no longer sleeping, man awakes in thy dread keeping to the rest thou didst prepare me on thy cross, O Christ, upbear me. Spare, O God, in mercy, spare me. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, 
to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds, through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. Our final hymn is LSB 873, Christ Whose Glory Fills the Skies. Christ whose glory fills the skies, Christ the true and only light. Son of righteousness, arise, triumph o'er the shades of night. Day spring from on high be near, day star in my heart appear. 
Dark and cheerless is the morn, unaccompanied by thee. Joyless is the day's return, till thy mercies beams I see, till they inward light impart, glad my eyes and warm my heart. Visit then this soul of mine, pierce the gloom of sin and grief, Fill me, radiancy divine, scatter all my unbelief. More and more thyself display, shining to the perfect day.